Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hockey fans, join the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, James Naveau and me, Jay Zawoski, February 24th at the All-State Arena for our annual Chicago Wolves outing. $20 gets you tickets to the game, free parking, a free hot dog, a free soda, a Madhouse Podcast t-shirt, Wolves gear, and a pregame meet and greet with Chicago Wolves brass. Visit madhousepod.com slash events and click the image for the link to buy tickets. That's 20 bucks for a ticket. Free parking, free hot dog, free soda, Madhouse podcast t-shirt, Wolves gear, and a pregame meet and greet. Come join us and the Chicago Wolves on February 24th at the Allstate Arena, madhousepod.com slash events for tickets. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois, and by Michael Elwood of Remax First Service. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, my friends, to a thrilling and happy-go-lucky edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast post-game show. I am NBC5 Chicago's James Naveau, and with me, as always, is the one and only Homewood's pride and joy, Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. We are here to talk about what might be the best period of hockey the Blackhawks have played all season as they score five third period goals and beat the Edmonton Oilers six to two tonight. Jay, we were talking a little bit before the show about how this game was just fun. And I think that is the perfect adjective to describe the beatdown that the Blackhawks just laid on the LOL Edmonton Oilers. Boy, the Oilers suck. I mean, it's just... It's a disaster, and their their talent does not match their output. Like they should be better. Like don't don't you agree? Don't you think they should be better? I mean, look, you have Connor McDavid. You've got 
the best player in the league on your team. That's that's one thing. You got guys like Drysdale. You got Milan Lucic who went to Edmonton and suddenly forgot how to play hockey. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is there. You've got good players who should be able to like at least make you average. They're horrible. Like it is a total dumpster fire. And the whole thing, we're not going to do an Oilers post game show, but just real quick, you have this offensively dynamic team, and you hire Ken Hitchcock to be your coach. It's just so backwards assed. Like you know what, be like the Hawks and you know make every game five four. You know like. Just try to outscore the opponent every game. That that's what that team is more is more built to do. Anyway, who cares? It's the freaking Edmonton Oilers. They're <laughs> terrible. Connor McDavid will leave there as soon as he's possibly able to. Um, well, I mean, he did sign an eight-year extension with them. I mean, just saying. How long ago was that? Uh, I believe he's only in like the second year of that deal, if memory serves. Oh, that like poor he's bastard. he's so. You know what? I forgot that's about what that. you get for you know cashing in and. Going and getting your like thirteen million dollar deal, you had to go do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you would have been like, no, I do not want that money. Did no, you? I I would have gone. Do I really <laughs> want to stay in Edmonton? Well, I mean, and, he, and yeah. yes, he has six years left on the deal beyond this season, and it only pays him twelve and a half million dollars. I overstated. You did the contracts. By the way, uh, we're going to get to this game, I promise. But you saw the news of Austin Matthews' contract today. Eleven. Yep. What was it like? Eleven point seven. Yeah, some something somewhere roughly in that ballpark, like eleven point six, eleven point seven mil a season. And McDavid making over twelve. The inflation in hockey has not gone up as much as I thought it would since uh, Taves and Kane signed those ten and a half million dollar deals. No, and then they were also talking today about how uh, Carey Price is making ten and a half million a season, and who would you rather have between Carey Price and Jonathan Taves? I mean the. The rate, like you said, the rate of salary inflation in the NHL, I think the $10.5 million contracts to Kane and Taves, they were made assuming that there was going to be this like giant upswing in right. NHL contracts where guys were going to start making 14, 15 mil a season as the salary cap went up because of the cut, the TV deal, whatever else, and it just hasn't happened. And only now are we finally starting to get guys making north of $12 million a season. Anyway... Back to this game. Yeah, uh, let's get back to the actual <laughs> fun, the cool stuff that happened. We need to do that. Well, look, I mentioned in uh, our last full-length podcast that we did, what did we do that, Monday, um, that I have sort of enjoyed watching this season, is, even though they haven't been as competitive as many hoped. Uh, they are fun to watch because they've got a, y- a lot of young players doing good things, and I think that was kind of the story of tonight's game. Of course, Patrick Kane got his two points. Jonathan Taves got his two points. By the way, Jonathan Taves has already surpassed his season total in points from last year. Um, so I think safe to say resurgent season for Jonathan Taves. But you had Kajula playing well. DeBrinkett, who continues to play well. John Hayden scored a goal. David Kampf had a nice game. Uh, Slater Cuckoo, I think, had his best game as a Hawk tonight. Dylan Strom had a terrific game. So all these young pieces that maybe you will see like, okay, three, four years down the road when this team's ready to compete, not John Hayden, but the rest of those guys, <laughs> three, four years down the road when they're ready to compete, they're probably still going to be here and they're still going to be contributing. And that to me is like, yeah, they're probably not a playoff team and they're definitely not a cup champion or even a contender for a cup, 
but at least it's it's giving me something to watch every night. And tonight was a perfect, a perfect display of that sort of attitude and that sort of feel as the season goes on. It was also a great validation of the uh, vision of Stan Bowman to make some key draft picks and trades as of late. You had Alex DeBrincat, who became the fifth uh, 2016 draft pick to hit 100 points. We'll talk about him a little bit more later in the show. And the other four guys were top 10 draft picks. You also had... Uh, Really good game tonight from Dylan Strome, who scored another goal. You had Drake Kajula score a goal against his former team and a great FU. By the way, how would Brandon Manning do tonight? Oh, he was scratched. Uh, yeah, he was a healthy scratch. So mm-hmm. uh, great job, Peter Chiarelli. Way to uh, help the Blackhawks on your way out the door, you dummy. Um, <laughs> it was just really <laughs> it, – God, it's so fun to dunk on the Oilers and their stupid orange jerseys and their complete inability to play hockey. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, it's it, – it And is by fun. the way, they won two of three against the Blackhawks this season. I know. I know. Well, it's different now. <laughs> now they've got Whoopsie, Brandon Manning on the bench. Well, you know, hey. The Hawks beat uh, some good teams recently, so it evens out. I don't know. I'm trying to justify things. By the way, can we, like, finally isolate and give Jeremy Cowton some credit? Yes, please. You know what? This this is a great topic. I'm glad you brought it up. I'm going to go ahead and let you have at it, and then I'm going to throw in my two cents in a minute. Go ahead. Well, look, I know I don't need to make all the qualifiers of he replaced a legend, and it was weird, and he was put in a bad spot. We've We've talked about that ad nauseum. You cannot argue that this team, with probably less talent, is playing better than last year's team did all year. Uh, they are playing their best hockey without Corey Crawford in net. Uh, you've seen the development of a power play, which scored another two goals tonight. So what is that, 21 goals over the last 17 games, something like that? Uh, yeah. The power play is absolutely thriving because Jeremy Cowton is using guys to their strengths. He's not... Uh, we've discussed this a lot, but I'm going to reiterate it. He's not using his old standbys in every situation where Keith and Seabrook are the automatic power play guys and you have to earn power play time by playing in full. No, take your offensively skilled players and put them in offensive situations and you're going to get results. The system is working. The power play is working. You're starting to see what Jeremy Cowton's system is and why he is so highly touted as a coaching prospect, again, this move should have been made last summer. It should have been made in the summer of 2018 when they can start fresh at training camp, implement the system, and from game one to game 82, the system's in place. Everyone knows where they stand. There's not the Chris Kunitzes and Brandon Mannings and Cam Wards of the world on the roster. There's young players with speed, with, with offensive output that will complement the system. They're finally getting to that point. And you're seeing the results. You've got a young, progressive thinking coach who, yes, he's a, a a metrics guy, but not like to the point where it cripples him. He also believes in scouting and the eye test and all the elements that make a hockey team and a hockey player good. Jeremy Cowan has done a really good job of getting this thing reversed because, look, he was put in a crap situation where he had to walk in and face guys, captains of this team, that are older than him with more NHL experience than him and and tell them like you have to do what I say that is terrifying and for him to be able to sort of pull it off look the Hawks have just won five in a row uh they've won 11 of their last 20 games several of those games went in overtime there has been a definite uptick in the Blackhawks level of play the quality of play and the execution of the system 
And I think it's high time that Jeremy Calton starts to get some credit uh, from people other than like you and me, right? <laughs> like some yeah. fans could, could give him some credit. Some media could give him credit. It's time. It's time for Jeremy, for people to say, look, to take away the qualifiers, to take away all the Joel Quinville crap and look at this guy on his own. And I think he's done a fine job considering the shape of the roster, the health of the team and all things considered. I mean, it's abundantly clear, and I th- but that he's done several things here. You mentioned the power play and how much better it's playing. You mentioned how the offense seems to have a different and more defined and smarter structure and is actually producing. Those things are both fantastic, and we could go on and we could talk about how Jeremy Calladin still needs to prove that he can put in an effective defensive system as well. But he and needs that's to- a f- sorry to interrupt you, but he he doesn't have effective defenders yet. It, well, exa- exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was going to get to that point. Yeah. I was going to say once he gets some more athletic guys that are going to be able to come in there and kind of execute that vision, I'll be you'll be able to get a lot better evaluation of him in that area of the game. I mean, he still does have to prove it, though. Once he gets the horses, he's going to get his opportunity. But there, there, all that stuff can be put aside till, till the future, obviously. But I think the one thing that we also need to mention is just how well He's clearly gotten the veteran guys like Taves and Kane to buy into this thing. And there was obviously some question when he came in whether or not those guys were going to buy into his system and were going to kind of do the things that he asked them to do. And they've absolutely done it like to a guy like I really don't think that any of the veteran guys on this team have been malcontents about this. It really seems like they've bought into his system and they've fully embraced what he wants to do. And that's fantastic, and it's showing this season because they're honestly playing the best hockey that they've played all year. And I think that Jeremy Colladin, the players deserve obviously a ton of credit for the way they've played, the way they've persevered, the way they've still kind of hanging around this playoff race. But you're absolutely right that Jeremy Colladin deserves a lot more credit, I think, than he's gotten from fans and media in this town. Yeah, well, it, it's time. I'm glad we're giving it to him. I think you and I uh, should take some credit, too, for being open-minded about him from the start. Right. And and whatever our thoughts were on the firing, we sort of agreed to look at him with open eyes. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, we, I we got we, lost to my cliche we, there. We, we stayed open minded. <laughs> open minded is what you. we did. Yes. We were open minded about him, regardless of what Joel Quenville had accomplished or how he was let go, whatever. And I think for the most part, uh, he's done a fine job. He's not perfect. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not the next Scotty Bowman or anything like that. As far as we know, not yet. Um, but so far, so good on Jeremy Cowan, and he looks like he's going to be the guy in charge here for a while, and I think that's a good thing. I think especially as this team starts to uh, skew younger, you know, they're, they're, yep. the discussions have been there about moving Duncan Keith, about moving Brent Seabrook. They've been uh, already asked, maybe not, depending on who you believe, but the t- conversations are there to get younger, to get more athletic, so they're going to sign Dwayne Wade. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, there th- that is a qualifier <laughs> that we do have to put on this also is that there is a possibility that at some point here in the near future, they're going to let go of a couple of guys at the trade deadline. And that might have an impact on the on ice product for right now in terms of getting wins and losses. So yeah. don't start to get discouraged if they start to lose some games after the trade deadline, because. I think that's going to ultimately be designed by design. I still think that this team at the end of the day is going to be a seller at the deadline, even if they're only three, four points out just because of how 
difficult it's going to be to jump all of the teams that are in front of them. Yeah, and, and I think they need to stick with that sort of mindset. They need to stick. Look, even if they get into the playoffs, we know there's no chance this team is making a cup run. There's Unless it, they're playing Edmonton. <laughs> right, but they're not going to get. I don't think Edmonton's going to make the playoffs either. Um, but it's just, you know, I, I, they need to stick with what they thought a week ago. They shouldn't let this little stretch change their mind because the worst thing that can happen is they say, all right, we're four points out, we're five points out, we're going to go for it. And then, like, uh, they don't trade anybody, and then they miss the playoffs, and they're like, you know, uh, they're like the the 10th seed, and they don't get a good draft pick, and they don't make the playoffs, and then you're just right back where you were when the season began. The, yeah. the ideal here is you sell off some veterans for some young prospects and picks, uh, and you get a high draft pick, and you turn the fortune, the long-term fortunes of the organization around quickly. Uh, I think that the worst thing that can happen, and as much as I'm enjoying them being competitive, is them like sneaking into a playoff spot. That that's probably bad. And I think I don't, I don't know, man. I think them finishing in tenth in the conference would be even worse than that. That's what I'm saying. But like, yeah, but even being that eight seed is uh it's just yeah but at least then you're in the playoffs like a 10 seed not only do you miss the playoffs but you also have terrible odds of getting the number one pick that's the worst. either suck or get the playoffs like i hate that middle ground don't do that right that's the worst case scenario is miss the playoffs but barely yeah Yeah. i don't even want to think about that (laughs) you know what i do want to think about yes that marishka's i ate yesterday that was some good stuff man oh i saw your picture and i was very, very envious that I did not join you at Mariska's. By the way, before we get to the three stars of the game, uh, we need to mention our event at Rabbit on Thursday. That is in two days. And by the two. time most people listen to this, it'll be tomorrow, Thursday, uh, February 7th at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood. We're going to have a watch party. We're going to hang out with you guys. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Low-key, we're going to raffle up some Hawks, uh, Ottawa Senators tickets. That game's on the 18th. Also, a pair of tickets to our Wolves event. So make sure you come out. $2 raffle tickets. Uh, all that money will go to support the Homewood Heat girls softball 8U uh, travel uh, softball team. Good cause. Just trying to ease the burden financially for some of the parents. Uh, but come out. Win some Hawks tickets. Thanks to the Hawks per- for providing those. And thanks to me and James for picking up uh, the tickets to the uh, Wolves outing. But it's going to be a great time. So join us at Rabid. Uh, for Hawks and what the hell? Who do they play next game? I have no idea. What kind of a bum am I? We have a watch yeah. party. I don't know who they're playing. They're, they're playing, playing some team. They're playing. You know uh, what? It's going to be hockey and then sumo wrestling. They're playing the Vancouver Canucks at seven thirty. So puck drops at seven thirty. Show up at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood at seven thirty, and uh, we will be there watching the game with you and hanging out. We'll do that drawing during the second intermission. But with that, it is time for the three stars of the game. The three stars of the game are brought to you by our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving all your real estate needs in the Chicagoland area. 708-675-1600. Number three star of the game goes to Cam Ward, trade bait himself, making <laughs> 25, uh, 25 saves and 27 shots against, made a pair of huge saves in the third period uh, was steady all game two solid performances in a row for ward and if they are indeed trying to move him uh at the deadline he is doing everything he can do to make that easy for the blackhawks so i think cam ward played really well tonight 
Got to agree with you there. Showed some good athleticism. Uh, did, obviously got beaten twice by Leon Dreisaitl. A lot of goalies can say that, though. A very talented player. So I think overall, really solid game by Cam Ward. And like you said, he's one of those guys that you kind of target as a potential guy to get moved for the Blackhawks along with Brandon Saad and Artem and Isamoff, potentially. Cam Ward definitely on that list. And you know what? I think the Blackhawks are doing the right thing and playing him a little bit more right now to kind of showcase him in that way and kind of give Colin Dealey a little bit of time on the bench just to kind of observe the way the old pro handles it. Number two star of the game in his return to Edmonton, Drake Kajula, one goal, three shots on goal in 14 minutes of ice time. Uh, really like the way that first line plays together. Kajula also had a great opportunity that Calum Talbot just got a piece of uh, deflecting into the net behind uh, Talbot. So really strong game for Kajula. Uh, like what I've seen from him. And look, just the fact that Brandon Manning was a healthy scratch tonight, it's just sort of like the, the cherry on the Sunday. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's continued validation of this move by the Blackhawks. I think it was a really good case of you know, buy low and potentially get a guy to bounce a little bit. And uh, to be honest with you, when he was put with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, he's probably not the guy that I would have thought would have gotten that shot. But I mean, uh, the returns are starting to come in and I think it ended up being a really savvy move by Jeremy Colladin to put that trio together because he really seems like he fits in well with them, even though he may not have the name recognition or the, you know, career history or anything like that. I think he's holding his own with those two guys. And that that's a spot that would have been really easy for him to kind of get washed out. And he never would have paid attention to him. I think he's done really well since he's been paired up with those two guys and all credit to him for being able to do it. Number one star of the game here. We're going to qualify this a little bit. Uh, a lot of guys had more points and more of an impact on this game, but sometimes we take these opportunities to recognize a uh, milestone in careers, and we're going to do that tonight with Alex DeBrinkett. One goal on two shots, 16.52 of ice time. That goal tonight was his 100th NHL point and his 136th NHL game. So safe to say Alex DeBrinkett's development well underway. That's his 48th point on the season in 54 games, 27 goals on the year for Alex DeBrinkett and counting. So congratulations to Alex DeBrinkett on his 100th NHL point. Uh, I am thrilled with his development, and I think he's further along, farther along, further along than I would have guessed at this point in his career. I think he's developed more quickly than I probably imagined he would. There's a very limited number of guys on the Blackhawks that I would say are absolutely, you know, untouchable on the trade market. I know it's kind of weird to say that about a last place team that they could potentially have untouchable pieces. But I mean, Alex DeBrinkett's got to be on that short list. Like, I don't care if you have like a golden opportunity to get rid of Brent Seabrook's contract and you would have to throw in a guy like DeBrinkett as a sweetener. I wouldn't do it. I would bite the bullet on that Seabrook contract before I would let this guy walk out the door and I'd be willing to give him a pretty nice contract extension to stay here. Even if it takes you out of the running to go out and sign a very, very, very tip top tier guy in free agency, I would rather give that money to Alex to and try to, you know, go a little bit more on the margins on the free agent market. So all kudos to Alex to been absolutely thrilling to watch him get to these 100 points in his pro career with the Blackhawks, and I hope there's a lot more to come. All right, that's going to do it for the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. Hawks beat the Oilers 6-2. 
in Edmonton. Thank you to Michael Elwood for sponsoring our three stars of the game. Give him a call. Remax First Service, 708-675-1600. He is our star real estate broker. Also had to thank Marishka's and Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Triple Threat Sports, for all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. And one final reminder, Thursday, February 7th, 7.30 at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood. Come on out, drink those mythological level craft ales, watch the Hawks take on the Canucks with us, come out for your chance to win Hawks tickets. This is not going to be the giant turnout we had for our fundraiser uh, back in November. This is going to be way more casual, so if you come out, you've got a really strong chance at winning these Hawks tickets. So come join us, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood. The time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales with us. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing, in Homewood, Illinois. We will see you Thursday night. Thanks for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. You want cash. You want to get stuff done. So what do you do? You buy 5-Hour Energy, of course. You upload the receipt to 5hewin.com, then find out if you instantly won 10, 100, or even $1,000. Then you drink that 5-Hour Energy and cut through your to-do list like a hot knife through butter. 5-Hour Energy, the official sponsor of getting stuff done. No purchase necessary. Must be 18 and a legal resident of the U.S. Ends June 30th, 2021. For rules, visit 5hewin.com slash rules. Void where prohibited. Message and data rates may apply. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. Ba-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's.